It's always so exciting for me to come and be a part of what God is doing here. I love the worship experience. Isn't it just amazing good? And if you don't think so, I do. <laughs> no, really, seriously. It's, it's amazing and it's so joyful. I just, again, Sheila and I love coming here. So glad I'm able to be back with you today. And we're going to walk through some things that, that may uh, turn your ear upside down a little bit. Um, that'd be all right. And uh, at the end of this worship experience... We're going to invite you to the Lord's Supper, which is communion, and we want you to experience communion, connection to Jesus Christ. When we do that, um, if you need, if you, if you can't come forward, if you're unable, if you'll just raise your hand, the people in the back will be, bring the elements to you, so that will be available to you. When we do that, I'm telling you now because I might forget later, I'm going to invite you to come around the outside, go to the outside in. And then we'll tell you more later. But that's how you'll go, outside in. Ready? Okay. We're going to have some fun. We're going to experience God's presence in significant ways. We're going to pray first. We'll give you this time. Pour, pour presence. Ignite your people. Shatter whatever is holding back. The flow of your presence and your spirit in this place. Release your blessing as, as before. You are the living God, and nothing can stop what you're doing. And so in your name, we worship you and you here. Amen. So if you look through the scriptures, we're going to look at some scriptures in Acts in a few minutes. There's multiple ways you can study the Bible. One is you can go verse by verse by verse, which is a really cool way to do it. You study Ephesians, and you kind of need to know a little bit about the backdrop of Ephesus. You don't have to, but it's helpful that way. And then you can look in the book of Acts and actually see the story that was a part of the Ephesians church, right? So you can look in Acts and when Paul was Ephesus and you can make that connection. There's another way to study the Bible, which is you could study things like the Holy Spirit. So you could look up every verse or section where it talks about God's Spirit. Then you could begin to understand what the Spirit is about, what God's presence in the Spirit. That's another way to study the Bible. Sometimes you can just kind of watch as you read through the scriptures, you can kind of watch some themes, which is what we're going to do today when we get to the scripture passage. So you probably won't be able to keep up much when we start reading the scriptures, um, and if you, you know, but you might just want to write them down and, and read them later. Here's where we're going to start. In Genesis chapter 1, the scripture says that God creates the heavens and the earth. His presence is brooding over chaos. God is always over chaos, bringing new creation. So he's about to unpack all of that, and then it happens, and they want all the way through. That's the big creation story. In chapter 2, the story gets a little more focused. It's to God as the creator, but now the focus is on the pinnacle of creation, you. The most important part of God's creation is you, people. He sets the man in the garden, provides for him, sets boundaries for him, and then starts naming all, Adam starts naming all the animals. At the end of Genesis chapter 2, the formation of Eve out of the rib of Adam, and now he has, has his own rib, rib uh, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Then chapter 3, chaos comes back. Chaos comes back because Adam and Eve sin. In the sin, God begins to walk in the cool of the evening looking for Adam, and he calls to Adam, Adam, where are you? If you kind of step into the story a little bit, you might have a sense that this was probably normal that God would walk in the cool of the evening and look for Adam, and maybe they would take long walks, like you might at the beach. By the way, you live at the beach. If you don't do that, rethink it. It's kind of a fun place to live. But when you're walking along on the beach with your kids or your spouse or your friend, sometimes you can have just what we would call unhurried conversations. So you can talk about what happened today. You can talk about what's important to you. You can talk about some of the dreams you've lost you can ask questions. wonder what God is doing in that dream that seemed to crash right there, there. You can just kind of walk and just let it be moving to this conversation, to that conversation. There's no boundary. Almost when you look at Genesis chapter 3, it's buried 
in this, you kind of watch when, when calling for Adam, that's probably what he was wanting to do. It's our evening. Man, we hang out together. We take walks and we just talk. Adam, where are you? I'm hiding. We've been walking together. What are you doing? Obviously, God knows everything. It's not a surprise to God when any crisis comes into your life. It's never, never a surprise. But Adam, why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. How do you know you're naked? Who told you? Did you eat of the fruit? I did. Whenever we experience this sense of failure and shame, we start hiding. That happens with your kids. They hide so they lie. That happens with spouses. They feel like they've disappointed the other one, so they start not sometimes coming fully clean. How about we not do that? How about we make a decision today that authentic relationship always requires truth? So teach your kids that and live it. And if you don't live it, don't teach it because they'll know it's inconsistent. They're not blind. So they're hiding because they're embarrassed because they're naked and now they've been exposed. Did you eat? Yes, yes, the woman. My observation is this. When we get under pressure, we're we blaming other people. Have you noticed that? I see that in my, in my soul. I see that all of a sudden my stress goes out. Instead of me saying, why am I stressed about myself? I usually start pointing fingers. It's there in the Genesis story. The woman. The woman says, the serpent. Can't be my fault. And then at the end of the chapter, God is going to send them out. The, the uh, uh, pictures he's going to, the picture that you and I would read is, He's now so angry that he's going to absolutely throw them out of Eden and put flaming swords so they could never get back to the tree of life and live forever. But what if there was mercy in that? What if what God was really saying is, you don't want to live forever in your sinful state. It's not good for you. What if actually, which is potentially the Hebrew translation, Instead of being sent out eastward, which is true, that in the Hebrew, you can also read that they head toward home. And what if salvation history, which was already planned before the creation of the world and is written in the Genesis curse of the coming of the Christ, was actually, it begins right now, I'm coming to get you. What if God has always been chasing your heart? Even when you sinned, you sang that. There was never a day that you let me fall. There's never a moment. I'm wired for destiny. Yes, you are. And your destiny that he's wired you for is to chase his heart. That's the destiny for every person. Chase the heart of God. He'll bring you in. He gave gave you, he gave you abilities. They don't matter that much. Let that one sink in. They don't matter that much. They matter. But the fuel, energy, and the passion and what God is doing in our lives is his presence. Chase his heart. That's the biggest thing I would say to you today. And it's the boldness of this moment. I want to process with you a little bit how you can have conversations with God. You can actually hear him speak in ways that he'll speak to you about your kids, about your spouse, about your job, but mostly about your heart, about who you are. And it was born in Genesis when God begins to walk in the garden, which probably I'm suggesting to you again, was a pattern. God doesn't just come looking for you when you've sinned. You have to know that. If that's what you think, you don't know his heart at all. He's not just always looking with a hand like, I'm going to just let you have it. That is not the God of the Bible. He loves people. He gave his son for you. He must love you. He must choose you. So from the very beginning, God has been after your heart. That's what he's always jealous for you. He's jealous because he wants a relationship with you. And here's what I would suggest to you. You don't have to live a cold religion. You don't have to do that. 
You can walk in the blessing of his presence and he will show up and light up your world. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. What was that? My sheep hear my voice. So apparently he has a voice. Or else the scripture just falls to pieces. Apparently he has a voice and apparently you can, you can hear. So that's what we want to do is figure out how would, you, how would you hear his voice and how would you know it's his voice and how would you walk in the blessing of a conversation with God that's going to just turn your world upside down. So here's what we're, here's what we're going to next. We're going to walk through some scriptures kind of a little bit fast. I want you just to let them pile up in your heart. Can you take just me being assertive right now? You ready? This is scripture I'm going to take to you too just going to let it break down every barrier that we've had. We're going to begin right now. Here we go. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, so an angel of the Lord is now talking to Philip. Philip hears the voice of God and God is going to direct him in his steps. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south down to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And then in Acts chapter 9 is this conversion. Paul uh, was his name at that point was Saul, and he becomes Paul. And his conversion comes when he hears the voice of the Lord. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. So the Lord speaks. That's what lights up his life. The Lord speaks to him. He hears the voice of God saying, my name is Jesus, whom you're persecuting. So now we have Philip who's heard the voice of the Lord. You have Paul who's heard the voice of the Lord. And these are the scriptures in Acts. I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. So now Paul, hearing God's voice, becomes under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to tell him what he's going to do. He's actually going to tell him how much he must suffer for his name. How's that for an invitation? But here's the interesting thing. I, I observe all the time how people are in spiritual battles. Did you know that suffering is a spiritual weapon? Let that one sink in a bit. That mean to you, I mean that, yeah, let it sink in. Because when you suffer, God is shaping you with spiritual power and the anointing and his blessing will come over, come over your next scripture. This is Acts chapter 10. This is a man named, named Peter, and he's being told, so here we go. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, which means he's Roman, of what was the Italian cohort. A devout man, could we put a parenthesis, who's not a Jew, who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously, he's regularly giving, that's part of faithfulness to God, regularly giving to the people, and he prayed continually to God. So here he is, passionately chasing God's heart. He's passionately chasing God's heart. That's his destiny. God has other things for him. God has other things for you, but nothing supersedes chasing his heart. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror, which you would do, right? Except for God speaks all the time. How is it that we have watched ourselves become people who are deaf to the Spirit? How is it that the Spirit was active and speaking in the lives of people all through the Acts, all through Acts, all through the early church? It's always consistent. By the way, just so I need to stop now, some people get weird. I get that. They get weird and they say, well, God told me, told me, it's always consistent with Scripture or he did not tell you. It ought, it ought to be giving to other people or he did not tell you. If it has something to do with your agenda and your esteem, he did not tell you. It's always, always consistent with Scripture. But he will tell you, go apologize. Years ago, Sheila and I planted a church in Chicago. We're not planting one in Orlando. There's just some days my wife doesn't behave. <laughs> right, husbands? This was your, your chance, guys. You needed to say, right. <laughs> but you're sitting there, it's like, duh, I'm not getting... <laughs> Anyway, she just didn't behave that morning. I you know I'm probably 30 some years old in this church plant. And I, and I, we're church plants, so we don't have a building. So I have to, I just go to the library to pray and hang out with God a bit and try to figure out what we're going to do. And so I got my stuff. She, you know, she's just, 
shouldn't behave. So I just went to the library and took my stuff and I sit down, the Holy Spirit, do you know, this is consistent with scripture, the scripture says that in 1 Peter that if you, uh, that husbands need to live considerate with their wives so it doesn't mess up their prayers. So I sit down, yeah, I know. Go wives, come on, this is your chance. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I, so I sit down at the library, I got this little kind of desk thing all by myself. I sit down there and I start to pray and say to the Lord, he says, you need to go home and apologize. Did you hear what she said to me? I mean, did you, come on. Are you not in the game? Be in the game. She, you go home. Are you serious? Yes, yes, I am. We're not going to talk to you go home. Okay. So I get myself up. I, it's in the summer. I, I drive back home. It's about a mile. And I pull in the driveway. I go, go into the house. And I said, how does it feel to have God on your side? First things I said to her. She said, I like it. Get. <laughs> so Cornelius is not a Jew, but he's hearing God's voice. He stares at him and he says, what, what Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a, as a memorial before God. You have been chasing my heart and I've seen it. You have been chasing my heart and I've seen it. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Calder. God is moving. There'll be seasons when it feels like you're chasing God's heart and it'll be like, I, he doesn't respond. Oh, he's waiting to the right moment, to the right time. You chase his heart, he will show up. He who seeks me with his whole heart will find me. That's scripture. That happens. And he is, he is lodging, this is Simon, he's lodging with Simon a tanner, Peter is, whose house is by the sea, so he tells him even where it's at. And while Peter was pondering the vision, so Peter is now on the other side of this. By the way, God's talking to Cornelius, now he's talking to Peter at the same time. And so Peter's watching this vision that happens, Acts chapter 10, you can read about it later. And the Spirit says to him, and the Spirit says to him, and God is still talking. And God is wanting Cornelius to experience the release of grace and power and anointing through the presence of Jesus Christ. So he sends Simon there. If you can't hear the voice, he's never going to go there. He's never going to go there. Makes us wonder sometimes how much we miss out because we don't think God speaks, but he does. And there's a whole household and a whole movement of God that happens because Peter says yes and Cornelia sends for him. Behold, three men are looking for you. Probably more than that in that sense. While they were worshiping the Lord, this is Acts chapter 13 now, and there's a group of spiritual leaders, they're worshiping the Lord and fast, fast, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work for which I have called them. Now God begins to speak about who should be leaders and where he's sending people. But again, I want to say to you, this, this scripture is true. This is how God sends people. It's how he calls them. But he only calls this in a context of worship and prayer. This is in a context of chasing God's heart. That's how you discover the rather part of your destiny. Oh, you chase his heart. He will not tell you otherwise. And why should he? Because he's jealous for you. It's not what you can do for God. I mean, I watch people, we're going to do great things for God. Excuse me? God does great things and invites you into them. That's how that works. Have you never read the scripture in Joel? Pour out his spirit and your old men will dream dreams. I get that one. Come on. And your young men will see visions. That's a God-oriented thing, God-anointed thing. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, this is Acts chapter 18, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, do not be afraid, but go on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many people in this city who are my people. The spirit sometimes speaks when you're under crisis and you're being pressured to not be obedient. And God comes and he says, I'll give you the context. I'm interpreting what's going on right now. Be obedient to me. If you don't hear his voice, you don't know that. God to be able to have conversations with God and listen to, him to his voice. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage. This is now a different chapter in Acts, same thing, Paul. As you have, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. And so he already says to him, I'm going to take you to Rome. And Rome thinks, as I told you last time I was with you, and Rome thinks they're in power and they're going to take Paul to, to Rome. 
And Paul's like, you're just, you're just paying. Because God is getting me there and you don't even know his hand is there. Is that it? That's it. Today, the Holy Spirit wants to open your ears so that you can hear his voice. Don't hear me at all being critical. Hear me just say, it's a normal pattern of life that you can hear the Spirit. A few years back, I'm sitting with two spiritual leaders, pastors. We're having a conversation, one I knew, one I just got introduced to. In the conversation, I happened to say, the Lord said this to me. That's pretty common language for me, sorry. I don't even know it's weird. But apparently some people think it's weird. So I speak in the conversation. The conversation moves on three, four, five minutes, whatever it is. And I, yeah, the Lord said this to me. And one of the leaders kind of did this. Ken hears a lot from God because he's nervous. How is it you are a spiritual leader and you don't know his voice? Help me understand that. And if you don't hear his voice, how could you be under the head of the church? And if Jesus in reality is head of the church, would he not speak to the church leadership? And if you are not hearing his voice, how are you doing this? And you think I'm weird? I've had people tell me, tell me, mystical, I'm real, just like you. Struggles, frustration, disappointments, just like you. My only difference is, as I told my daughter, she said, I don't hear God's voice like you. You don't chase him like I do. That's what I told her, my daughter, whom I love. I chase him. I go after his heart all the time. I turn off the radio and I spend time with God when I'm driving. I chase his heart. I want to know whatever he wants to say to me. I sit in quietness, I questions, and sometimes I hear and sometimes I don't. But I have discovered the more I chase, the more I hear. I had a friend that tried to start chasing God's heart in my church, and he spent 60 days because he heard me talk about it so much, he got frustrated and said, all right, God, if you speak to him, speak to me. Got a journal like I teach them to do. He starts writing his journal for 60 days, didn't hear a thing. And about 60 days later, because when you seek me with your whole heart, you're going to find me. God starts exploding. Wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. So he decides he's going to sit with the Lord and ask some questions about one of his two, two daughters, beautiful young ladies. And he sits and asks questions about the one, and the Lord answers. The next week, he asks questions about the second one, and the Lord answers. And then he tells his wife, and she says, how are you getting this? I'm chasing his heart. I'm having conversations with God. I want to introduce you to a young lady named Samantha. We call her Sam, obviously. And she's uh, about a 21-year-old uh, young lady. As you can see, she's cute. She's smart as a tack. And she plays synthesizer. She just graduated from college this ne next uh, fall, actually in two weeks. She goes back to get her master's degree. She's going to be a CPA. Her parents are in Malaysia, so they traveled a lot back and forth to see each other. They live in Orlando. And at the same time, while they're traveling all around the world, um, they just decided to start seeing the world. So Samantha's been accustomed to world travel for since she was very, very small. Small is kind of the way they've been. And oh, by the way, if before you go any further, I want to tell you something. Did you know that God oversaw every piece, detail of your life? Everything. He already knew everything that you were going to say, do, good and bad. Knew it. Knew who your parents were, knew how they would be, knew what they would say, knew how he would bring you to redemption and how he would bring you to destiny. And he sees that beauty in every person, even if they say no. Sees his presence in them and wants them to come. That doesn't mean they're saved. It means he sees what they can be and he draws them to himself, but they have to choose to say yes. Anyway, Samantha is this amazing young lady and Last summer, she went and wanted to study overseas a little bit, so she does this for like a month class kind of thing, and then she decides she wants to go travel all over Europe. This petite, smart, cute young lady by herself. Her mom is like, we don't do that. And she is bold and adventuresome. So about a, four weeks ago, five, she plays synthesizer, in our church band when she's home. 
We have a church plant, so we, you know, we do worship rehearsal like they do here. By the way, it's really good. I got to be a part of the rehearsal this morning. It's amazing. Anyway, she comes off the stage, and I come to her, and I said, Samantha, do you ever wonder why God made you bold and adventuresome? Why did he do that? He could have made you very different, but he made you like that. Why? She said, maybe I should get a journal, yeah, and ask the Lord, yeah, that'd be a great thing to do. Two, three weeks later, she's playing synthesizer again. I get there early. She comes off, and I said to her, so did you ever get the journal? Yeah. Did you ask? Yeah. Respond? Yes. Really? What did he say? And then she told me, I'll tell you in a moment. Two weeks ago, before, that day, I thought, she's, she's got the church, how she hears God's word. This is a 21-year-old girl with no theological background. Well, she couldn't hear God's voice. Whatever. She does. Oh, this story's going to get really good. Really good. So then I decided, well, she needed to tell our church. So then two weeks ago, I walk in. She, I ask her. So she doesn't know this. And um, I didn't know this because I hadn't planned it. I, she didn't know it. I just don't. People who work with me deal with that intuitiveness all the time. I'm just a mess to work with. But it's fun. It's just a blast. So I said, hey, today's the day. Let's ask her. So I said, Samantha, I want you to do an interview. and come right here, and we're going to stand for the people. You'll have a mic. Mike, Mike, we'll do this. And, but I know all the stories, so you don't need to worry about it. They don't even know what you're going to say, but I do. So I'll make sure you get to the points, and we'll just walk it together. That good with you? Sure. Okay, I'll do that. Remember, bold, adventuresome. So she stands here beside me, and I said, so I tell them about Samantha just like I did you. And I said, Samantha, um, tell them about the story. So she, I said, what did you do? She said, well, I went, I went, I got a journal, and I wrote the questions that you asked me. And then I said, Lord, whenever you want to talk to me, I'm available. That's high scale. Have to do it my way. way. No, whenever you want to talk to me, I'm available. I said, well, did he start talking? Yes. What did he say? He told me he's having me travel to develop empathy because he wants, wants to see people in less fortunate situations than me. And you thought it was just for fun. Isn't that amazing? And then she finished that statement. He wants me to develop empathy for what he has for me in the future. What? God has destiny for this young lady. She's 21 years old. <clears throat> and he wants to get her prepared right now. So he's actually using the travel of her parents to get her exposed. And you don't think you live in destiny? Just like Paul, I'm going to take you to Jerusalem, Oh, to Rome. Oh, I know, the Romans think they're going to do it. They're not doing it, I'm doing it. Your parents are taking you all around the world to show you my majesty and develop empathy in your life. That's an amazing God. He wants to teach her to love her neighbor as herself and show her that her neighbor is every other person. Well, <clears throat> that's an amazing moment. We get done with that moment. We go on with the worship and all the stuff. Into the service, again, we're church plants, so we have to tear down things, so we're at the back, and um, we have pipe and drape all around. It's just a mess. So we have to do that stuff every Sunday. I'm tearing it down. Her dad, who's on our board, on our board comes to me, and he says, I didn't know Amanda was going to do, I'm sorry, that uh, Sam was going to do this today. Well, actually, nobody did. Do you remember the story? Yes, right? Like, I don't plan things that well. But I walk in and doing, this is what the Lord wants to do today. So we did it, and she didn't know it, and I didn't know it. And then he says these words to me. I told you it's going to get better. Don't miss, don't miss this. Last night, the Holy Spirit said, I have a, I have a size for you tomorrow. Well, he didn't tell, tell anybody else. I mean, apparently, God likes surprise parties. Didn't even tell me. He. I'm the one doing the surprise. I'm left out of the loop, loop. He says, last night, the Holy Spirit told me he had a surprise for me today, told me to get up early and get myself washed and make sure I'm walking ready. Are you serious? 
I don't think you can hear God's voice, whatever, then you'll never experience some of God's surprises. And he wants to set you up for the most amazing surprise. And then he says to me, everything my daughter said was absolutely amazing. And then he starts crying and he says these words, but my daughter is going to be okay because she can hear the Lord. And I said, oh yeah, man, it's over, isn't it? Just got to keep walking the blessing. If you see her journal, you see mine, it's a mess. I told you, right? Hello. Hers has got art in it. It's beauty and scriptures and all kinds of things. And her countenance is changing. And she has been able to hear his voice. Give you one more little story. Then we're going to do this. It's a little bit risky on part, so just walk with me in it. In September of 2016, the Holy Spirit, through different ways, said to me, I'm going to do something unique and special now in your life. I'm doing it. I'm inviting you in. Take, you too, take me too, too long to tell you, I'd be happy to tell you some other time. I, I said, that's, that's, I mean, who says no? Yeah, let's do this. Days later, I'm out of town, sitting in a hotel room, worshiping the Lord that he said he was going to do this thing. And I said to him, it's amazing that you're coming to get, get people like you did in the Old Testament when you sent Moses. I wasn't seeing myself as I was just seeing you're coming to get your people. And he said, yes, and this is going to cost you. And I wrote in my journal, did you just say that? Did you just say this is going to hurt? He said, it's going to hurt a lot. I need you to say yes. To what? I just need you to say yes. How do I say yes when I don't know what I'm saying yes to? Obey me. Say yes. God, it's a blank check. People don't do that. What if I can't do it? You're asking me to commit, but what if I can't? I need you to say yes. Around and around we go for about 20 minutes. Until finally the Holy Spirit says to me, I want to remind you that the man I told in Acts chapter 9 that he must suffer for my name is the same one that wrote Romans chapter 8. There's nothing in the suffering that's ever going to compare to the glory. You can trust me. I need you to say yes. So I literally wrote these words in my journal. Yes, yes, about huge big yes, but I don't know what I'm saying yes to. But okay, I'm in. Two, three, four weeks after after. My world went chaotic and crazy. Craziness in my mind. I couldn't understand anything. Felt like what God was doing. My world became dark and frustrating. And temptation went up. Joy went down. Like December the 18th, 2016 is a Sunday. I walk out of church. I go home. I stand in my kitchen. And I said to the Lord, tomorrow I have to, I have to go to two pastors and it's in Tampa, and I need to ask you if you'd just show, show off to me. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I don't have any idea. The next day, I get in the car, driving on I-4 between Orlando and Tampa, and I said, what, what would you like to me? And he said, and I quote, you have to go through this. Why? Because when Jesus was on earth, Hebrews chapter 5, he prayed with loud cries and tears, and he was heard because he's a son. I see you. But he had to learn obedience to what he suffered. You have to learn another level of obedience for me to trust you at another level. Okay. The darkness continued. The frustration continued, and my heart was just screaming. I don't know what to do. Along the way, the Holy Spirit would ask me, do you want to be done? No, no. You said you're with me in this. Nope, not going to back up a bit. In March of 2017, I'm sitting in a chair in my family room, broken, because I feel like I have so let the Lord down. And I wrote in my journal, I'm sorry. You asked me to scale up. I scaled down. I didn't do it. I understand. If you want to be done, I understand. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do it that way. And said, you didn't think I would know you'd go through this? I am the Lord Most High. And I am Jesus from whom grace of grace flows. John chapter 1. 
And then he invited me. He sent his hand down, and I saw it in my mind. Sent his hand down, and he said to me, get up, get up. We've got further to go. And I said, okay. If you're willing to have me, I'm willing to walk in. June of this year, so that was almost 20 months. In June of this year, I'm sitting with the Lord, and this question comes to my mind. What would God say to you right now? I don't know. I've asked that question, never got any answers. Ask it. Okay. I wrote, what would you like to say to me right now? And the Holy Spirit said, well done. Are you serious? My God just said, you did great. Now we can go on. Let's do this. I'm thinking, yeah, let's do this. This sounds good to me too. I'm tired of that season. If you don't learn to hear his voice, you'll never hear him interpret your moments. You'll never hear him help you with your spouse. You'll never hear him say how proud he is of you. You might hear conviction because that's what most of us do, and that's not wrong. That's good because it's a call to his presence. You have to learn to hear his voice. Today, we want that to change for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to invite you if you want to come. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is how you, there's one way you could do it. You could come today and, and renounce the sins that are in your life and take communion. The presence of his body or presence of his blood flood into you and you can say, I want that God. I want the God that this church worships, that this church lives. I want that God in my life. You can do that. If there's anything in your life that's holding back, then you have to break it before you even come up. Come up, break it. If you've got some unforgiveness in your heart, some regret, some frustration, whatever it is, if there's some lust, if there's envy, if there's coveting, you've got to break it. You can't can't do this. I mean, you can do this, but no, it's not. not, It's a spiritual reality. And to do that, that, you're totally honest with God. What is stopping you? If there's nothing, good. Don't worry about it. Don't dream up something. He'll tell you. And then when you come, you're going to step into communion, relationship of God's presence in your life. So we're going to ask you when, in a moment to go around the outside and come in. If you want, there's, we'd love to anoint you today. You don't have to do that. I have a sense that God wants to open the ears of many of you. And I want to show you a scripture right here. In Psalm chapter 40, verse 6, it says, In sacrifice and offering, you do not delighted. You can't just go to church and put in some money. It's not what he wants. You have given me an open ear. He wants you to hear his voice and respond and say yes. So Dr. Hall, your transition pastor is going to be with me and we're going to anoint you today if you want to be. So that would be happening in the center. Got it? Outside for communion. And then if you want, you can be anointed. You don't have to be. That's up to you. Let's pray. Open the ears of your people today, my father. Rock their world with how much you love them. Pour out your presence on this place. We tear down and shatter everything, everything that would block the opportunity to hear. Pray that this place would be just full of your spirit and full of this new life and this new revival that you are bringing because you love your people. They have been chased by you today. Many of of them say again, they've already been doing it, I chase you too. We chase you back. Open the ears. Open their lives. Pour out your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Communion on the outside. Dr. Hall and I will be right right over here.
Your way born as my own As Christ is formed in me sing that. You've been so, so good to me. You've been so, so good to me. Oh, to think where I would be if not for you.
was lost I was in chains The world had a hold on me My heart was a stone I was covered in shame When he came for me I couldn't run, couldn't run From his presence I couldn't run, couldn't run from his arms Jesus, he loves me He loves me He is for me Jesus, how can it be? He loves me He is for me it was a fire deep in my soul I'll never ever be the same I stepped out of the dark and into the light When he called my name I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence I couldn't run like me and like you, but it's amazing. You, you worship for his spirit. You worship him for his greatness. And so you do some of that in the writing, write it down in the journal. The reason you write is it's easier to speak faster and it's harder to write faster and he can get a word, get a word in his. And when he begins to talk, you ask a question. And when he answers, you, you ask the next question. You stay in the conversation. Don't change the conversation. Don't just ask about what you're supposed to do. Ask what he wants to say to you. Ask what is what is like. Go after it. Go after it. Go after it. Show up. God bless you today. 
may open your ears as never before to hear that when he loves you, to hear even that when he's convicted, he's calling you to him, to him. he's never, he's never want, doesn't want you. But the sin can't be there, so he has to call you out of it. May you know that he speaks. May this church experience an explosion of God's presence because you said yes. You said yes. God bless. Have a great day.